On a special pop-up episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, here trainer Bob Baffert offer his side of the drug test that flagged Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit for an excess trace of an anti-inflammatory drug. Workout uh, expert Bruno DiGiulio and trainer John Sherris also talk about the controversy. Uh, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod is available at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts and is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show. It's hour number two of Betting Across America right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Vegas. Your other host is James Salinas out in a mile-high city in Denver, Colorado. Uh, happy to bring on to the program Greg Wyshynski. Uh, he's a senior NHL writer for ESPN, co-host of the Pucks Up podcast as well. Greg, how are you today? Doing well. You get, so one in Vegas, one in Colorado. You guys got to fight before the game tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one, man. I know, right? I, I, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that for sure. I used to live in Colorado, so I was an Avs fan before a Knights fan. So I'm, I'm conflicted here. But as a gambler, as a better, though, I, I think I'm going to have some action on that game for sure. Uh, we're going to have a, a different playoff format uh, this year, Greg. Can you explain that to the audience uh, and then your thoughts on, on how the playoffs could play out? Yeah, so because of, of the pandemic, uh, the NHL realigned its teams this year into four brand new divisions. And the schedules this year were uh, just kept inside that div- these divisions, not only for the health and safety of the players uh, and the communities and such, but to cut down on travel costs and things like that. So you know, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, have not seen the Boston Bruins once this year. They've just been playing the other Canadian teams in the North Division. And the way the playoffs work is that uh, within each division, the first seed plays the fourth, the two and the three play. Winners of those two series play for the division title. And then things get real fun, which is the four division champions all advance to the uh, semifinals. And then for the first time, uh, get reseeded. Uh, the, the NHL hasn't done reseeding for a very long time. Uh, so you're going to have one versus four, two versus three in the final four based on regular season points percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a chance that the Maple Leafs and Bruins could meet for the Stanley Cup <laughs> eventually, mm-hmm. which uh, isn't good news for Toronto, but could be fun for the rest of us. Greg, James Salinas out here in Denver. And no, we're not going to fight, but we do want to get to this game you were just talking about. We are talking about the Avs and going into Las Vegas and play the Knights. Now, a lot on the line here, especially for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they can clinch the number one seed in the West with a victory tonight. And they also have an opportunity to put themselves in great position to also capture the President's Trophy. So I think they're especially a huge advantage how they've seen how well they've played on home ice out there with the Vegas flu for their opponents coming into town, at least in the regular season, has been very effective, right? So, um, But thinking about this game here, I, I, I know for the Avs, McKinnon may not be out on the ice again for them, but uh, thinking about the Knights, not only for this game, but rolling into the playoffs, how do you see this game playing out for the Knights, and if they potentially can capture that President's Trophy with the best record? Well, the odds are that McKinnon plays. Uh, he was in a regular jersey today at practice. He was practicing on their top power play unit. You're not usually going to see that unless they expect him to play. But, you know, as you know, with injuries, anything can happen. I will say that once news about McKinnon hit, the lines did shift (laughs) pretty dramatically on a number of fronts for this game. Uh, But it's going to be fascinating to watch. Now, I I give the Avalanche a little bit of an edge here um, with McKinnon in the lineup, uh, in particular because it does look like if Vegas keeps with their goalie rotation, it'll be Robin Lehner instead of Marc-Andre Fleury against the Avalanche tonight. 
Uh, I don't believe Laners played the Avs this season. Last season didn't really have sterling numbers against this group. Uh, so I'd give it, I would give a slight edge to Colorado there. Plus, Vegas knows they got a few more cracks at this in order to clinch at least first in the uh, division. Uh, so, so maybe uh, a bit more sense of urgency as well on the Avalanche side. But it, it's good. The games between these two teams this year have been stellar, and I don't expect it to be any different tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Knights, they have a couple games, I believe, uh, in terms of trying to capture that President's Trophy, certainly. Uh, but I would think they would try to get that done. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on uh, what the what the Knights are going through? Because, like you mentioned, Leonard's going to be a net, perhaps. Uh, Flory's been the better goalie, for sure. Uh, but I, if this is now even for uh, the Knights, uh, you give the advantage, like you mentioned right there, with McKinnon on the ice. Uh, you'll give the advantage to the Avs, but yet the Knights the Knights, they just feel like they know uh, that if they can capture this victory tonight, uh, that'll really help their cause in terms of getting that President's Trophy. Oh, for sure. And and the other thing, too, as, as was mentioned previously, the, the way that Vegas plays on home ice can't be understated. I mean, yeah. I think they are in the neighborhood of like 14 and 4 on home ice. Their uh, points, uh, their, I'm sorry, their goals per game average on home ice, I think, is north of three and a half uh, on, on one day's rest. So there's a lot of things here that you should really like about Vegas. Um, bottom line is this. I mean, when you look at this division, when you look at this league, there's only a finite number of teams that are really on the Vegas Golden Knights level. And I think we can say with some confidence that Colorado is, is certainly one of them. And, and they've certainly been rolling, too, lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, uh, you know, there are some advantages, I think, in, in Vegas' favor. I do favor Colorado in the goalie matchup, and I do like – Again, the uh, nitro boost that this team gets getting McKinnon back in the lineup for the first time since May 5th, I believe it was. Greg, I want to shift back to the top of the schedule for tonight's card. Full schedule out there in the NHL. We know some teams, uh, their season is ending sooner than others, and some are ready just to go uh, sit on a beach somewhere and enjoy the off season. <laughs> but I think here I'm looking at Tampa Bay. Uh, haven't been playing well. Really haven't really given much effort the last couple games. Lost their last two games. Playing a Florida team right now that has moved in front of them in that second seed in the Central, sitting two points ahead of, uh, ahead of Tampa right now uh, and playing very well. One their last five. I'm wondering, how do you feel about momentum going into the playoffs? And I know this, the playoffs are going to be a little different this year, but momentum rolling in right now with Florida playing very well and a chance to, to knock out the Lightning again tonight with the Lightning closing out their season, potentially on three losses. Yeah, and then obviously Florida's played well against Tampa. Oh, wow. so it's, it's an interesting question because I do think Florida has an advantage tonight. Chris Reeder is supposed to play in goal. It's very solid for them. They should get Carter with Hagee back. Uh, who's been injured to them, and that's going to be a nice boost as well from a Lightning player there. The Lightning are all kinds of banged up throughout their lineup. But, you know, we often talk about the minute entering the playoffs, and we do think there's something to do that. But I also think that when you're the Tampa Lightning, the possibility is just that you get both Steven Santos and the key to keep her off back for game one of the playoffs. Santos returning from injury uh, within the season, keeps her off the entirety of the season uh, due to uh, off-season surgery. I mean, Okay. Hey, Greg, I think we have uh, an issue with your phone right now. We're going to call you right back, though, uh, so we can maybe get a better connection right there. That was an interesting question, James, uh, in regards to Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, you know, you got situations in hockey. They just plow through the season, right? Uh, and now they know they're getting to the playoffs at some point. Uh, and, and so here's where I lean on the motivation and, and what the guys are feeling like as uh, they want to just get through and end the regular season and get to the playoffs. 
especially a team like Tampa, right? So uh, knowing that I don't know if seeding really matters to yeah. them, whether they're the two seed or the three seed, right? It's get ourselves healthy. You talked about some reinforcements coming as the playoffs get near and get their players involved and get them back on the ice. If there's a team that knows how to turn it on come playoff time, right. I suspect it's definitely going to be the Stanley Cup champs in the Tampa Bay. I believe we have Greg Wafitsky back. Greg, you there? Hey, sorry about that. Oh, I'm over works. in Brooklyn. I got like a pigeon hit a cell phone tower or something. <laughs> tell you how it works. Sure, sure. Uh, no, we were just elaborating on you know either motivation or you know, the team plowed through the season this year. Uh, and okay, mentally, you're only human. Uh, you know the playoffs are on the horizon, and you just want to make sure that you're okay to get to the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, the, the there's a lot there's a lot to unpack when it comes to the season and, and what it's been like for these players. I mean. And it's one of the reasons why the playoffs are going to be so unpredictable this year, I think, is the sense that, uh, you know, it's been a truncated print of a season, 56 games began in January. Um, you know, we haven't had the rigors of travel necessarily like we have in the past because the divisions have been geographically seeded. But we do have, you know, a number of games being played in a short amount of time for a lot of these teams. I think in, in both Vegas and, and the Avalanche's case, for example, they're, they're packing out, I think, four and six days coming into this game. So you have that for a lot of these teams. But you also have, for a lot of these teams, let's face it, the, the mental strain of the last year. Like, we've all been living under it. These guys have been living under it in a, in a different way in the sense that, you know, it's daily testing and, and isolation on the road and things like that. So they, they have a few extra layers of, of mental uh, exhaustion going on at this point as well on top of the physical exhaustion they're feeling from having to play so many games in such a short period of time. Greg, can we get what's going on with Montreal? Can they hurry up and get these seeds and get get these established? Who's going to be in the playoffs? Because that we still have one playoff spot left to be clinched, and it's the Canadians who can't seem to find a way to win a game lately and and clinch that spot. Because I think if they win tonight and beat Edmonton, Edmonton's clearly sitting at the number two seed. They're locked in. Not sure what we'll see out of Edmonton. What do you suspect we'll see out of Edmonton? And can Montreal finally close this out and clinch that last playoff spot? I think all Montreal needs is a point, which obviously you should take into account if you're looking to wager on this one, because that means all you need is a regulation tie, which, uh, you know, if they're, if they're within, uh, if they're tied in the third period at any point, you can just see Montreal, like, sending five guys in front of the goalie trying to shut down and try to will themselves into an overtime situation just to get that extra point. Um, you know, Edmonton's in an interesting spot. Left. They're, they're locked into their, their spot. They're not moving up. They're not moving down. And you do wonder uh, what, what the impact is going to be now that Connor McDavid has gotten his 100 points in a 56-game season. There is a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement built around that. Now, it could be he's still going. They could be looking for 110 points or something like that this season where he's still putting the pedal down. But you have to wonder whether or not, knowing that they're locked into it and knowing now that McDavid has reached this incredible statistical benchmark, if there will be a little bit of uh, taking the foot off the pedal. And if that's the case, then that certainly plays in Montreal's favor. You know, Greg, I was looking at this matchup, uh, Carolina and Nashville, both teams making the playoffs. Uh, we'll see each other again in the playoffs, but certainly uh, Carolina at a small price, minus 135 on the road. Uh, yet that President's Trophy uh, and that range is right there for them, one game remaining. Um, five and a half is the total. How do you see this game playing out? Well, again, that's another situation where Nashville's obviously in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Uh, I do like the goaltending matchup in this one for um, for Carolina. I think Pekka is going for the Predators, and, 
anytime he's between the pipes and it's not UC Soros, it's been uh, something that makes better uh, ears perk up a little bit. I mean, Peter Morazic in goals for the Carolina Hurricanes. I think that there's a distinct uh, play uh, goaltending advantage there. And like you said, I mean, one team clearly has something to play for while the other team is, is, uh, is so far just happy to be there. Uh, but again, you know, the, the, the X factor here is that uh, Carolina's not going anywhere, Nashville's not going anywhere, except to play each other in the first round. So you do wonder what kind of message sending uh, and all that stuff could be inherent in a game like this as well. Yeah. Greg, I want to move back to looking ahead. So we talked about the, the Knights taking on the Avs tonight and then staying in the West for the playoffs. We have opportunities if we wanted to bet who's going to come out of each of these divisions, come out on top, what that looks like right now. Both the Avs and the Knights are the, are the clear favorites to do that. Thinking about the West playoffs when we get there here soon enough, uh, to me that's going to be so such a competitive division to get through that series, of both series to, to come out on top. Who do you favor coming out of the West when it's all said and done? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I favor Vegas just because I think they're a team that certainly has a, a better playoff track record than does uh, Colorado. I certainly like their goaltending depth. If anything happens to Philip Grubauer for the Avs, they're toast. They don't really have anything behind him. Um, so I, in that matchup, uh, and, and just in, in aggregate, I do like the Knights, but there's an X factor here. Like we've all been waiting for Kong versus Godzilla between Colorado and Vegas the entire season. And all of a sudden, you know, Minnesota shows up and, and they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, it's not guaranteed that Colorado makes it out of the second round, uh, makes it out of the first round. If in fact they are the second seed, because the uh, uh, Minnesota wild have been playing that well and, and have a little bit of, a little bit of something going on. I think this season, maybe not enough to get past Vegas, but maybe enough to give the avalanche a scare in the first round. Greg Wachinski, senior NHL writer for ESPN.com, uh, co-host of Pucks Up podcast uh, with the Godzilla King Kong reference. I like it. I, I do. King Kong had an axe now. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 didn't want, I didn't want to spoil anything by saying oh, who Minnesota right. is in this mat- matchup, but uh, if you've seen the movie, you know who Minnesota is. What about, Tor- <laughs> what about uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, at plus 750 uh, right now? Uh, to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, your thoughts on them? Uh, I know we talked about the Avs and the Knights, uh, certainly, but Toronto making some noise up there in the north. They really are, and, and they're such a fascinating team because, you know, the path is, is clear for them, I think, in the, in the north division. I don't think Edmonton is as good as they are. I mean, you take McDavid and Dreisaitl off the ice for, for Edmonton, and, and they've really got nothing beyond them. They don't have anything close to, to the depth that Toronto has. Uh, a couple questions about their goaltending. Freddie Anderson's coming back and working back from an injury. Jack Campbell kind of untested as a playoff goalie for them, so there's some questions there. But, you know, none of the usual uh, torturers for the, for the uh, Maple Leafs are there in that division. No Boston, you know, nobody that's going to really play a clampdown defensive style necessarily to, that they can't handle. Um, so, in theory, they're going to get through. Um, and, then it, and then it gets obviously really interesting. The, the thing about the Leafs, and I, I did pick them to win the Stanley Cup because I don't think that – I think the only appropriate way to end this weird season is to have them win for the first time since 1967 um, is, is that it's hard to really do it in full faith because this is still a team that, that excels at finding ways to disappoint in the playoffs and hasn't even gotten out of the first round in like over a decade. So, I mean, we're still talking about a team that's, that's trying to learn to walk, right? Uh, yeah. but, uh, but they are a team that is loaded for bear and as talented as anyone in, in pursuit of the cup this year. Awesome. Love it. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Wyshynski, Greg Wyshynski, uh, senior NHL writer for ESPN.com. Greg, thanks again for your time. That was awesome. You got it, man. Thanks. Absolutely. Take, you care. Too. Take care. Uh, 
great uh, insight right there from Greg Wyshynski. Again, follow him on Twitter at Wyshynski. Um, Pucks Up podcast as well. When we come back uh, after the break, uh, more National Football League uh, updates and news. Uh, certainly uh, some props as well. I'm going to break all that down. It's coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the show with Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Lenas with you today. Um, James, there's a lot of optimism going around the National Football League. Just calling and talking to uh, people around the league. Uh, in organizations, you just get this sense and this feel of optimism because uh, maybe some normalcy when it comes to a typical offseason. You got the rookie mini camps, uh, you're going to have OTAs, uh, you're going to have offseason conditioning, uh, certainly with facility, um, uh, and then training camp, mini camps too. So it just feels like uh, there's a lot more optimism this year. So uh, we have these futures um, that we could bet on, uh, bet them, GM, uh, these specials. Uh, get your thoughts. Now, I know where you are with futures. Uh, but Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore, for instance, all to win 12-plus regular season games. Uh, that, that's plus 450 right now. No. That's, <laughs> can I bet okay. the no on that? Well, yeah, okay. I mean, that, yeah, I think – I mean, think about it here, Pritch. That's – that uh, for somebody to win, number one, can, can is Kansas City and Tampa Bay capable of doing that? Yes. Do I think Baltimore's capable of doing that? No, I mm. don't. I think we've we've seen their ceiling as far as their offense is concerned. And, yeah, do what you want to do in the draft as far as uh, up, upgrading your wide, wide out position, but you still have to throw the football accurately to these young receivers that they drafted as that uh, – I'll believe it when I see it as far as that team's concerned. But I just think 12 wins. You're you're betting on not only that these teams are going to have tremendous seasons, which means 12 and five instead of 12 and 12 and four in years past. So that extra game to to win there. But um, but 12 and five, just it, you're betting on teams not only to have terrific seasons and both Kansas City and Tampa Bay from whatever hangover. I'm not sure if there's going to be a whole lot of hangover for Tampa just because Brady is just such a driven competitive guy unlike really anything we've seen in the definitely nothing we've seen like that in the NFL but you also are betting on these teams to all stay healthy and with that extra game that's an extra win potentially but it's an extra game to get banged up to I, I just start right there and say no I, I just can't see it I don't know if any of those teams win 12 games let alone all three yeah I, I tried to tee it up maybe teed it up too high uh, with the optimism uh, uh, so let's uh, bring that T down a little bit right now. How about Pittsburgh, Denver, New Orleans, all to win nine plus regular season games. That's plus 350. 
I, I can't see New Orleans. Okay. Where, what are we going to do? With the, what is the quarterback position going to look like for the Saints? Lost some 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 defensive help, you know, some some defensive talent as well. But just what is their identity going to look like if going into the season offensively? That remains to be seen. Is it going to be Winston? Is it going to be Hill? Is it going to be a combination of the two? If it is a combination of the two, Pritch, how consistent are you going to see any? You know, what what is their offense going to look like consistently all season? I just think that's a tall order for New Orleans right now. Just feeling like I just don't know what they're going to look like offensively. And then Pittsburgh's another team. I, I think we've seen their identity of what that team looked like last year. They can't move the football. They can't mm-hmm. move the football in the air over the top, and they couldn't run the football either. They've done a couple things, obviously, with Harris to try to address that, but uh, a brand-new, revamped offensive line, going to plug in some rookies in there. Uh, rookie curve is going to be kind of long for that offense, so you're saying they're going to win nine? Uh, tall order here, uh, tough for me. If anything, maybe it's Denver is the one team out of those three that could potentially get to nine. Let's not even get into the Aaron Rodgers discussion just based on the roster intact the way that it is, especially on the defensive side. I think Denver is going to have a really good season. You talked about optimism, Pritch. Right. We're all optimistic to start getting back to some normalcy, and I think getting some fans back into those football football stands, right, get them back into the stadiums, there's optimism there too, and that's definitely an advantage for the Denver Broncos when they play at mile high. Okay, Zach Wilson at Rookie Mini camp looked impressive in shorts and helmets, uh, James. Uh, how about the New York Jets, uh, the Eagles, uh, and Jacksonville all to win seven plus games? That's plus 600. That may as well be plus 6,000, and I still wouldn't <laughs> buy it. That, I don't see any, honestly, Pritch, I don't see, and we'll spot the schedule gets released on Wednesday, mm-hmm. so we get to see when they're playing everybody, and that's that's going to be really impactful of what we talk about season win totals, etc. But here, just based on looking at their opponents, looking at how bad these football teams were last year, did some upgrades with Jets and Jacksonville, obviously, to their quarterback position, but a lot of holes. I don't see either. I don't see any of those three teams winning okay. seven, let alone all three teams getting there. Yeah, San Francisco and Rams uh, minus 115 uh, for both of those teams to win plus uh, games, plus 10 games there. Yeah, that's almost like a parlay where yeah. I, I think right now they're both sitting at ten at 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 a dollar ten each. You just bet both of those, and if you hit one, at least you uh, you broke even. If you do this, this is like a parlay, and you're you're losing money here at a dollar fifteen. I wouldn't I wouldn't make that play. All right, I love it. Uh, optimism, okay, forget you. Uh, I'm gonna keep uh, tabs on my bankroll, uh, and I like that. I like that approach. Come up next, uh, Adam Burke, uh, host of ATS Radio, uh, lead writer uh, at ATS.io. More Major League Baseball. It's coming up next. If you miss any of our show today or any of the VSEN broadcasts, uh, be sure to check out our free VSEN podcast. You can catch up on Follow the Money with Mitch and Polly, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line, all on the VSEN Best Bet podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexander's Beating the Book Pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights, get PGA Tour betting previews on long shots, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, and the NBA Scoop with JVT on hardwood handicappers. Whatever you're betting on, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free at vcin.com slash podcast. That's vcin.com slash podcast.
Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today, and happy to bring on to the program uh, Adam Burke. He's the host of ATS Radio and also lead writer at ATS.io. Adam, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Um, watching this Major League Baseball season just fly by. I mean, we're approaching 40 games almost. And um, things that you're noticing in the month of May, uh, like we've got no hitters going around and are like handing them out. Uh, what about scoring uh, in Major League Baseball? Yeah, the interesting thing is scoring's actually up a little bit here in the month of May, almost a full run. We had 8.5 runs per game in April, 9.4 here in the month of May. So scoring has gone up quite considerably over these first nine days of the month. A big reason for that is because the strikeout percentage has gone down from 24.4% to 23.2%. So just more balls in play for the teams, creating more base runners, creating more opportunities with men in scoring position. So I don't know if this is going to continue necessarily. It may have something to do with all the pitcher injuries that are out there right now, but run scoring has gone up a little bit which I'm not sure the market has fully noticed because we're still seeing a lot of games getting bet down a half a run, a full run based on the overnight line movement. But let's jump right to the first game on the board. Really short board today, short card as far as Major League Baseball of what we can fire on the day. But I'm looking at the Pirates. They're playing host to the Reds. Reds, a favorite here, is laying $1.55 with a total. There's those low totals that you talked about. We actually saw six yesterday uh, with the Pirates, and they clearly went way over that total. But this total here between the Reds and the Pirates currently sitting at 7.5. Where are you going with this game? Yeah, this is a game where I actually did take a piece of the over, and I don't love today's card. Obviously, there's only five games on the board, but this was the one that I liked the most here was the over in this game at PNC Park. And a lot of people out there, big fans of Tyler Mayo, and deservedly so. I mean, the kid has increased his velocity the last couple of years. He's increased his swinging strike rate, a lot more strikeouts for him, kind of gotten rid of the problem that he had against left-handed batters. But the biggest thing here is that in his last start, Lowest velocity of the season and his spin rates were down quite considerably, including his slider, which is really his primary pitch at this point in time. So to me, I think there are some underlying injury signs there for Tyler Mayle. Gave up three home runs in that last start against the Cubs. So I'm kind of looking for the Pirates to maybe have a little bit of a measure of success tonight with Pittsburgh, with Mitch Keller on the mound. He's got very bad control, walks a lot of guys. His command is kind of iffy. It's sort of all over the place. The Reds have made a lot of hard contact this season, and they've had a lot of success with the hard contact that they've made. So I think this one can get to that 5-3, to 6-3 to three type of level. So I went ahead and took the over 7.5 in this one. And the weather doesn't look to be a big factor either, as it has been in a lot of games here of late. Yeah, we saw that uh, impact some games uh, certainly recently. Uh, Adam, uh, I wanted to ask you, I got so many questions to ask you, but let me ask you this one about the Dodgers because everybody's kind of worried with the Dodgers. Certainly uh, no run output. uh, There's injuries, uh, but yet the rotation is strong as ever. But yet um, it just feels like there's something wrong, uh, maybe mentally or physically with 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 this squad right now. Yeah, this was something I talked about a little bit this morning on my podcast, The Betters Box, where you know the Dodgers have made quite a bit of hard contact this season, but haven't really had the outcomes, haven't really had the results that you would expect. I think part of this is just complacency. I think yeah. it's just a lack of engagement in the season. Coming off of winning the World Series, you, know, you play those high-octane games against the Padres early on in the year here, and then what? You know, what happens with the 143 games that they don't play against the Padres. 
We just haven't seen that edge from them here so far this season. Uh, you know, the offense has slumped, as you mentioned, Mike. And, you know, look, it's one of those things, too, where I just I don't know what it will take for this team to rattle off a big run. I mean, when you look at their run differential, they should be a lot better than they are. When you look at their talent level, they should be a lot better than they are. The injuries and the bullpen inefficiencies have been a problem. But this is a team that should be much better than it is. And I just can't help but wonder if they're not fully engaged in the season right now, coming off of getting over that hump of winning the World Series. Adam, one team that's not that's not worried about hitting the baseball right now and is not being complacent is the Boston Red Sox, leading the league in average runs scored. This team's hitting the baseball up and down that lineup. I really love their approach of how I'm seeing them work counts and go the other way as far as hitting goes too. But now you get to go play uh, my favorite batting practice pitcher to bet against Jorge Lopez. Uh, he's already getting shelled by the Red Sox one time earlier last month. Uh, what do you see here with the Red Sox going for the four-game sweep today in Camden. Yeah, this is one that just missed the cut for me. I know we talked on Friday, and I talked about having a pretty chalky card, and, and Boston was one of the teams that was on the list for me, and, and they did take care of business on Friday. This one was close. You know, I'm not a big believer in Martin Perez for Boston. I think there are some things in his profile that kind of concern me a little bit. But as you said, James, I mean, Jorge Lopez is just not good. You know, he's a batting practice pitcher. Just not a good command tool. The control's not really there either. However, he's been a little bit better in his last four starts. And the Orioles, while they don't have much offensively, they're doing some creative things on the pitching side, kind of optimizing their pitching plans for the guys that they have there. And Lopez has had success for the most part over his last four starts. So I kind of worried about that one a little bit for Baltimore, or for Boston, excuse me. And also Boston has Oakland coming to town, where maybe they're kind of looking a little bit past this game here on Monday. Adam, we got about a minute left. Uh, the Rangers on the road against San Francisco. Do you have a play on this one or a lean uh, either way? Kind of lean towards the under seven a little bit here. I think what Kyle Gibson is doing looks to have some degree of sustainability to it. And Alex Wood's been very good when he's been out there. Rangers are a borderline bottom 10 team against lefties, despite being 12 and four against left-handed starters here so far this year. So kind of looking a little bit at the under in that one. Uh, also, Texas loses a hitter going to a National League park. So they won't have the DH, but uh, just the one play, the over in the Reds Pirates game for me today on this small card. It is small card. Uh, uh, thanks again for your time. I, follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. I love that Twitter handle. Thanks again, Adam. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Absolutely. Adam Burke, uh, again, uh, host of ATS Radio, lead writer at ATS.io. James, we're going to do it in our last segment. Uh, find some picks here. Maybe talk about some leans that we have, whether it's Major League Baseball, uh, whether it's the NBA, certainly the NHL. Uh, so we're going to still do that as well uh, as uh, maybe break down some more uh, situations in the National Football League with props. Uh, so we got a lot to get to here in the final segment right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, along with uh, something juicy about Tim Tebow. Man, cannot wait for that. That's coming up next.
BetMGM has a fun way to join sports betting excitement. Win $100 for a $1 wager on either the Bucks or Spurs to hit a three. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the app or go to betmgm.com for more details and use promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer paid and free bets. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly if you feel you have a problem. It's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help at Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. and Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today. Uh, I can't believe it. I used uh, Juicy Tim Tebow in a sentence. <laughs> I can't believe I did that, uh, James. But there, it is Juicy Tim Tebow time uh, because their props are out because he signed his tight end uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Stephanie has asked us to guess what these props could be uh, for Juicy Tim Tebow. Um, receiving yards as a tight end. What do you think that prop is for Tim Tebow? I'm going to embarrass myself here because, <laughs> well, I'll, just, let me just do a disclaimer here. I'm not one of those handicappers that makes my own lines and, and feel like I've got a better line than the book and there's the value and I'll be able to fire on it that way. I let those guys, I've been betting these, I've been betting sports for a long time, mm-hmm. but they've been booking sports a lot longer than I've even been alive, Pritch. So I leave that to them and then I figure out what that number is that I like when I see it on the board and I'll decide whether I want to bet into it or not. But for this purpose, since we're here and you're asking me to guess what this number would be for Tebow, I got to say, where? how about less than, uh, and whatever the number is, I would bet the under. <laughs> okay. I'll, say, I'll put that disclaimer too. I'll bet the under because, yeah, you're going to step in, haven't played in almost a decade full games. Right. Never played tight end before. Position. Let's say you run a route first before we get out there. You're going to play hard, but that doesn't mean you know how to run routes and get open. I'm, I'm going to set the number at, a do- at 190 as far as yards go, and I'll bet the under. Okay, 190. 190. Good guess. Um, okay, my guess for Juicy Tim Tebow here, uh, pl- never play tight end. He's obviously there to sign uh, as a guy to sell tickets. Uh, and we'll see if he even makes the team. Uh, so, but the fact that there's props out there, I'm going to definitely hit the under two, whatever it is. Um, uh, 190, you're going, I'm going to go with 150. 150 and a half. How about that for uh, the receiving yards prop on Tim Tebow? What do we have here? <laughs> Okay. Wow, we were way off. We were way off. (laughs) 12 and a half yards. Uh, The total receiving yards, the over minus 112, the under minus 112. Maybe I won't go under that. Uh, Well, I think let's get rushing yards. He probably is going to have more rushing yards than he is receiving yards. 12? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Uh, (laughs) So they're they're basically saying we don't think he's going to make the ball club. And if he does make the ball club, we don't think he's going to make the – he's going to see any playing time and get Oh, man. Uh, 12. 12. I think with Tebow, this is – here's where we're at with Tim Tebow, right? And you talked about it too. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
we know the effort's going to be there. The, the intensity will be there, and he's going to be he's going to be a um, an inspiring. You know, he'll be an inspiring teammate when it comes to to putting it out there on the field. But yeah, we got to see him on the field first, and then you're going to switch to a position like tight end, where you have to you have to. He's never run. I don't know what he's. When is the last time he's played and and actually run a route? Sure. And, and forget about professional football or college. Maybe uh, in sixth grade, seventh grade, he played tight end back then. And he's a in, great uh, athlete, though. Football. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? He's a great athlete. Yeah. That's fine. There's plenty of great athletes out there, but can they run routes? I mean, we <laughs> see a lot of them playing basketball and talk about wanting to play in the NFL and go out and run some routes. Uh, he, I mean, he, the guy can take a hit. He'll yeah. take a hit, too. But can he run a route? Can he get open? I just don't see it, so it makes sense to me. I'm way off on my number, and whatever the number is, even at 12. How about it at 12, Pritch? Yeah, 12 I'm still and a half. Firing them. I'm still, <laughs> Are I'm you? 12 and a half. Good. I need that hook there. The hook sold me. I'll bet the under. How about the total receiving touchdowns, though? A half. So the over is plus 500. So if he catches a touchdown in a game, James, plus 500 right there. The under in minus um, 770. We're, we're, just, we're digging real deep into degeneracy right now, aren't we? As far as wanting to fire on Tim Tebow. Well, if props. he makes the I love team. It that the fa- I love it the fact they're putting these out already, knowing that they're going to get action, right? They're not, you're not putting these out there not just, just, to, uh, just to have them sitting on a board. They, they know they're going to get some action. How much action do you think they'll about, get? Um, oh, think of this is sports betting. Yeah, we're. I'll, I'll include myself in there too. Now I won't bet this, but you know I, I have my degenerate tendencies as well. <laughs> I can see that out there. They're gonna get. They'll get action on it. They'll get some. The people are gonna fire on this. Now, but are they gonna fire? You know, is it significant money or is it mm-hmm. gonna be money? Is is it funny money? Right, some top shelf money, something like that. I mean, that's really where you're going with this. Would I bet this? I would bet everything under as far as Tim Tebow is concerned. I just I don't know if he sees the field. Yeah, plus five hundred though for Tim Tebow to catch a touchdown pass. Uh, I mean, if he makes the team, uh, you know, Urban Meyer, I mean, they're going to call something for Tim Tebow to kind of light up those fans at home, right? Well, and, and think about that. But what about the defense? How about the defense? They want Do they want to see Tim Tebow getting out there? And, and of all guys, now he's the one. You, your defense, you let him work you and get up and again get open for a touchdown. I mm-hmm. mean, even more attention there. Where they, I think this is, it, it's it, we can see it now. But when it gets to the regular season, I mean, reality sets in and it comes down to you're trying to win football games here and you're going to put the people on the field that are going to be the best opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this sideshow of selling tickets and 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 the marketing that comes along with Tebow actually says we're going to put you on the field to try to win a football game with you never having played the tight end position ever before bigger sideshow the aaron Rodgers drama or the tim tebow props uh right now uh oh well it's got to be aaron Rodgers, right because he's <laughs> okay. actually impact he's i mean he's impactful in the league that's a mm-hmm. huge name out there and uh, all the drama that's going on and yeah i don't like to get in drama i'll leave that to uh, other folks that like to watch soap operas but as far as what's impactful absolutely i mean it's it's all about aaron Rodgers and where he lands if he plays in green bay or if he's out somewhere else even talking about does he play here in denver we will find out but yeah much more intriguing because he is such an impactful player yeah i thought for sure they started printing up uh, aaron Rodgers jerseys out there in denver uh, maybe not too soon, though, uh, as we return to the NBA, James, because uh, these bets are all plus money. The situations when it comes to, um, uh, you know, which teams, uh, what they're going to do in the playoffs. And so we did the Clippers, Bucks, 76ers, and the Nets. Uh, let's go to the Jazz. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this. To win a championship, they're right now they're plus 700. Uh, to lose in the finals, plus 500. Uh, conference finals, if they lose, they're plus 300 there. If they lose in the semis, plus 200 as well. I don't think they're going to lose in the first round. 
No, I don't think so either. No. I mean, they, they, they're going to have I – mean, now looking at where they're at and with Phoenix losing last night to Los Angeles, now Phoenix does has the tiebreaker. They do have the tiebreaker over the Jazz, but I think here with the Jazz, they have every opportunity to clinch that number one seed in the West and having to go through Salt Lake – you talk about the elevation there too, and all the travel that's going to be involved here. This is a, it, I, I, it kind of really shakes out as long as they come back healthy, and that's mm-hmm. obviously the biggest piece for Utah is getting healthy at the guard position because they have some great depth, and we've seen, uh, we've seen players step up in the absence not only of Conley, who's been in and out of the lineup quite a bit, but with Spider Mitchell going down with that ankle injury and not going to return for the regular season. I don't suspect that they've been at Clarkson coming off the bench, hitting some big threes and playing with a lot of. Con- Confidence. We've seen him step up in, in playoff performances before. And Bogdanovich, he's been he's been getting more touches and really extending the floor and shooting the basketball really well. So Utah has been with the depth that they have and as well as they share the ball, as long as that backcourt comes back healthy, you have the rim protector on the on the defensive end with Gobert in the middle, not an offensive threat by any means, but can hit the glass and can protect that basket with drives to the rim when you get beat off the dribble. That's with Utah and extending their defense. I, I I think with Utah, that's, you know, looking at the West here, and we talked about both the Los Angeles teams and the Clippers and the Lakers with their injuries and trying to get back onto the court and trying to build some chemistry in real time during the playoffs. I think that's really a lofty challenge there. Yeah, I, I like where Utah is sitting right now because I think they clinched that number one seed in the West. Yeah, defensive efficiency, uh, one of the top teams all year long, top three right now when it comes to the Utah Jazz, James. Uh, okay, you got the Thunder. Suns and the Nuggets uh, to close this out uh, to win a championship for the Suns. They're 12 to one. Uh, the Nuggets to win a championship, 25 to one. Uh, same scenarios there to lose in the finals. Uh, there's a pricing uh, there as well. What do you think? Really unfortunate for the Nuggets losing Jamal yeah. Murray last month with the ACL because I think that's where when we get to the playoffs that that was his team he was Mr. Clutch mm-hmm. that's what's going to we playoff basketball we know it's especially with these seven game series it's adjustments from the coaching end of it and then it's execution and then somebody's just got to step up and make shots for you in the fourth quarter who is going to be your clutch shooter on that ball club think about the Suns we know Chris Paul can get play, he can get his teammates in position to get good looks and he's not afraid of taking a big shot when it matters late in the game that's where I think for the Nuggets side gonna be sorely missed with Jamal Murray out for the season because that was the man he was the man Mr. Clutch repeatedly now it comes down to Joker and if Joker Joker's gonna be able to find players because I think you can run him he's not gonna beat you off the dribble he can't create his own shot where if you run players at him uh, he's gonna find other players for the open shot is Michael Porter Jr. the guy that's gonna carry them and make those big shots in the fourth quarter in the playoffs in crunch time I don't think so. Yeah. So, do you like the uh, Suns here? Plus, uh, they're twelve to one uh, to win a championship. Yeah, I think they're just uh, maybe it's a new year. maybe it's a year away, Pritch. Okay. It's right now, it, it's, I love what Chris Paul's out. You know, mm-hmm. I, we talked about him preseason. I really like Coach Williams there. I think it, he's a great leader, and he's really galvanized that team. And I think Chris Paul, he's Monty Williams has really set the culture for that team. Uh, you know, off the court in the locker room, and then Chris Paul has brought his professionalism with how you how you show up. Even though they didn't show up yesterday against the Lakers, how you show up as a professional with a young team because it is a young team and it's a young bench. 
bunch uh, of players that come off. Crowder is, is a veteran that can extend the floor, but I, I, I don't favor the Suns right now. If anything, it's still going to be for me. I'm looking at the Jazz. All right. Well, well we are approaching the playoffs, certainly uh, in the NHL and NBA, so cannot wait for those to begin. Great job, James. I will see you back here on the program later on this week. Uh, coming up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network. My guys in the desert. It's coming up next.